Dennis, I want to tell you about an old uh, an old friend of mine from many years ago. Um, who I want to tell you about a specific thing that he got into. Is this right? going to be his thing? The way that you know, washing feet in your bidet is Adrian's, and so and so. I think so. I think yeah. I'd like everyone to give a warm welcome to my old mate Pete. Uh-huh. Right? What was the did latest? You, did you tell me last week his name was Pete? Because in my brain, before you said that, his name was Pete. I think I told you because I gave you a bit of forewarning about about the what I was going to chat about today, well, and maybe, I told you maybe, a little bit about Pete. Maybe the name Pete came to me in a dream, Riley. Maybe it came to you, Dennis, in a lucid dream, perhaps, mm. because Pete at one point, right, decided to get very into lucid dreaming. Now, you know, was his interest in lucid dreaming coincidentally also aligned with the broad time frame of the, the release of the film Inception? Who can say? <laughs> but Pete, for a long time, began to train his mind, now, for, in, hang on, as he bef- put it. Before we get too far here, for people who don't know what lucid dreaming is, yeah, lucid dreaming is where you become aware you're in a dream while in the mm-hmm. dream, and then the sort of next step in that is that you can sort of kind of do whatever you want. You can yeah, manifest, you can control, control the, the dream. Control the, the dream, basically. Because you realize you're in a dream, you realize that, that you know... Normal things like physics and reality don't apply, and so you can just do whatever you want. So typically, people the thing that people do is obviously fly. Like, that's the first thing you do is fly. Um, and then, yeah, you can kind of do whatever you want. But yes, as you say, Dennis, lucid dreaming is being in a dream without, like, realizing you're in a dream and not waking and up. And the trick is, yeah, yeah ha- ha- thing to do. the trick is striking that balance where you real, you're certain enough that it's, not, that it's a dream that you can break the illusion without having that be jarring enough to wake you up, right? Exactly right. So I want to I walk you through some of the things that pete went through right riley's top tips to for tr- lucid dreaming well no no dennis i'll stop you there it's not my top tips it's pete's top tips pete's for picks, lucid dreaming pete's picks for lucid dreaming so what pete would always do right mm-hmm. is every every i don't know 10 minutes 15 minutes whenever he'd remember is he would hold his hands out in front of him like he was going to give someone a high 10 and he would examine the backs of his palms uh, for a few seconds and then he'd flip them back the other way right and examine them like that and then flip them back over so they're facing away so that was a trigger that he, he wanted to get into the habit of doing in real life so when he did it in a dream right uh-huh. or when he's dreaming he would also trigger it would also trigger in his mind and he would he would do that because apparently i haven't tested this but apparently when you look at your hands in a dream it doesn't matter which way they're facing You'll always look at the palms. Mm, horrifying right? to think about now that you mentioned it. Well, and also this, it, it really puts some perspective on the saying, no, it, it, he knows it like the back of his hand, which is to say not very well because a dream can't mm. even manifest the back of your hand apparently, right? But apparently in a dream, if you flip your hands around, they won't change. Yeah, I, I, I've heard of a couple of these techniques and I think, I think I'll be familiar with some of the ones you're about to list as well. But that is, um, that's one of them. Like anything, anything kind of like fine detailed, Anything that mm. if something small was wrong about it would look obviously wrong, your brain is not good at at writing for you. But that one really didn't convince me. I was like, oh, this doesn't make any sense. I'm not looking at my hands in a dream. I'm not looking at real life. That's not going to work. There was a different one that he told me. And this one, I, I actually, like, I didn't really get into this as much, but I remember one time in a dream realizing I was in a dream, like, oh, quick, do the clock thing. And I did the clock thing and it worked, right? Okay. You can test this out next time that you are dreaming and you kind of realize it if you manage to manage to not wake up. If you look at a clock in a dream and then look away for a second and look at the clock again, it will be completely different. The time will be completely different and the numbers will be in a different place and it won't make any sense at all. 
I've and this works that, yeah. for more or less any you look at at a calculator look at your phone <laughs> anything else like that anything that do, is to do with numbers or sequences or reading something have you ever, ever had a dream about playing magic dennis like the card game you know yeah but, and but none of the cards at, have anything really written on them you know what i mean that's the thing. You look at you like, well, this doesn't. What, what is this lightning bolt? What if you can't read this at all? What does this card do? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like anything that you're very intimately familiar with, you try to translate it into a dream and it just doesn't work. Have you ever lucid dreamt? I, I, I remember around the time I started to I started to sort of absorb some of Pete's power and I think I managed to very briefly be like, oh, I'm dreaming, quick, fly. And then I started flying and then woke up straight away. So, but I never ma- I've never managed to like s- sustain a lucid dream, no. I have, I have one lucid dream that I remember quite vividly. And it was around the same time oh, yeah. I started doing this as well. Like This was something mm. the teenage Dennis, or I suppose late teen Dennis was into as well. Um, and another thing you can do is, is journaling. <clears throat> you know, as soon as you wake up is immediately write down what you dreamt about. Because yes. you know, like, and you, you know, when you have a dream, the second you wake up, that dream starts slipping away from your memory. Like yeah, every yeah, passing for some second, reason it just yeah. doesn't. It's all it's stored in the in the cache. In it's RAM, RAM it's only. Yeah, in, it's never put in your hard drive. Yeah, exactly. Unless, yeah. unless you purposely try to write it down. Mm-hmm. Um, there, yeah, and then like you said, like Pete, like Pete said, the the main thing is to try to build habits into your real life that you would then mm-hmm. naturally do in a dream as a result, and then that that pops you. What happened to me was I was in the back of my parents' car. Uh, and they were driving me around mm-hmm. and they were driving me back to the house we lived in when I was a kid in Dunleary. Very normal dream so far. I was a child in the dream. All fine. And I looked to my right and there was a friend with me in the car and that friend was my friend Andy. And I was like, okay, this is fine. And we were driving along and then I realized I didn't meet Andy until after my parents had already moved away from Dunleary. Oh, a, a, a desperate plot hole there! Terrible. Yeah. The writers really should have thought of that one because that that that's a plot hole that you'd need a you'd need a a huge plug to fit to exactly. To you need what you, the hell exactly. So whatever about uh, so tips are here. We go. Look at the back of your hands because they might be screwed up. Try to read. Mm-hmm. Look at a clock or just yep. basic plot continuity errors are also a good way. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like a scene in a movie, dude. Like everything mm. stopped. And like the walls around like, of the like, <laughs> fell away, like I was in like I was in like Rick and Morty where they're like we never we never left the Shonies like very much that vibe, yeah. and like yeah. and like I, I didn't even like you know intentionally do this but I I, I rocketed into the air like three hundred feet into the air immediately. And I, was I think like, this is just the natural reaction, right? That I, I mean I say that I don't know what other people do when they think about like. What they would, what they would do in a lucid dream, but I was just to think fly, right? But all you, you could have all manner of like of like of of fantasies and perversions you could you could bestow upon the reality in front of you, but instantly mm. people just go into no clip mode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they go god mode straight away. One of the things as well, I think I can't remember many because he had a lot of different techniques, but I remember one of them which was quite funny. Because disappointingly, you couldn't really see him do it, right? But one thing that he did as well is to to continually try to get into these habits was just try to fly. So after looking at a clock, dangerous after habit, hands, dangerous would- habit. I mean, is he like <laughs> now, is he like pushing his palms towards the ground as if he's trying to levitate like he's Magneto, or is he taking runs out of first story windows? Oh, that reminds me, he did push his palms into things, right? Because what was it? 
he pushed his hands into things because in a dream you could try to force your like if you into a Fees? table or something because in a dream you could push your, your hands through a table easily, right? I think your friend Pete might have just been doing a lot of recreational drugs. Man, this is well, like look, I don't know. There there are a couple other things I want to come to about his about his approach, but one of them was he, he would just constantly while out and about try to fly. And I really had hoped that I would have, when I first heard about this, I was, I was hoping he's like taking runoffs and jumping off of balconies and yeah. stuff. No, it just involved like standing there going like, <gasps> and that was it. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, I remember, um, but, I, remember, I, remember on, what, I think it's in a Terry Pratchett book, but like they're trying, he's, he's describing learning how to fly. It's like all humans can fly. It's a matter of just throwing no, yourself no, at Douglas, the ground. Douglas Adams. Is it Douglas Adams? Yeah. Douglas Adams. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That makes yeah. sense because I like Douglas Adams and I don't like Terry Pratchett. All right, mate. Settle down. You don't have a go at Terry Pratchett. Did he pass away Can't recently? Mate. Let's let's. Well, I, well, 2015. So recently enough. How did you know that off the top of your head? Because I'm a big Terry Pratchett fan. Like I don't know. It's sad that he died. So because he had he died of Alzheimer's, right? And he had so many books written. Like, oh, I know. He would foreshadow. He but no, he had so many unwritten books, right? He would foreshadow books that he was going to write in the books that he'd already written, right? And he sort of laid out the basic plot of a bunch of stuff that was coming in in Discworld books, and he never wrote them. That is sad. So sad. Anyway. I did hear that he was a deeply um, angry man in his, in his day-to-day life. Was he? Yeah. Some, okay, some, some, of the, some of the famous authors talk about him. He was like, he's a broadly a pretty nice guy, but he's just very quick to rage. And I was like, oh, God, all right. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know. It's funny. Like, for someone that I really look up to and, like, I wouldn't say idolize, but someone whose work I really enjoy, it's the sort of thing I don't want to hear about someone who's, you know, it's like finding out that, um, I don't know, if you're a big... I don't know, this is just pulling this out of my bum, but like Ellen DeGeneres fan, right? You know, finding out about her true nature is not. Or like if you're a Mythbusters fan, right? And if you're a big Mythbusters oh, that, fan, maybe yeah, don't that's listen to so this next sad. Bit. Yeah. Maybe don't listen to this next bit. Just skip ahead about a minute or so. They really don't like each other. They did not particularly like working together and it ended up just no. not, yeah, didn't like, didn't like working together at all. And I think. They didn't hate each other. And this is what, this is what makes, it, makes it even worse. They, it's not that they couldn't stand each other, no, it's just that they their were colleagues, was not a, friends. Yeah. They were a coldly professional duo, right? They didn't hang out. They weren't interested in each other's, but like they were, they were just colleagues. And it's watching that again through it's that like lens. Us. It's like, oh dear, yeah. It, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly like us. Like Dennis <laughs> and I have no interest in each other personally. We happen to have a reasonable amount of like you know personal chemistry that that brings out mildly entertaining content. But I mean, I can't stand the bloke. And but I mean, I, I think people understand why Dennis. Honestly, I mean, I would. I mean. Okay, let, let's let, let's conduct an experiment here. Thinking about the two Mythbusters, right? Jamie and Adam. Mm. They weren't close friends. Mm. On the count of three, I want us both to say whose fault in the duo we think that is. I don't know which one's which. Which one's the walrus man? That's Jamie. <laughs> That's Jamie. Okay, sure. All right. All right. So we're going to go three, two, one. We're going to say the name. Yeah. Three, two, one. Jamie. Adam. No. No, it's definitely Adam, no, dude. He's, so, he's like irritating and like he, he nitpicks and he's like, oh, no, no way. I'm going to get you. No yeah, way. Yeah, no, definitely. No way. You think Jamie's just like standoffish and difficult? Yes, because Adam has continued to make videos and content with like the corridor guys and Linus and stuff, um, and Jamie yeah. doesn't. I don't think that's the right. I think like Jamie, I think Jamie's the sort of person that rubs people the wrong way. I do think, yeah, he might just be more reserved. I do think hanging out with Adam Savage would get annoying. You know what? I think both of them are the sort of people who rub certain people the other way, and I think they both rub each other the wrong way, and I don't think anyone's at fault. Except obviously Jamie's at fault. Well, I'm not going to get into it any further. Anyway, I want to tell you about one of the... the, the I love that you you don't want to swap this character, but you refer to him as Walrus, man. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't know which one was which, man. Still, he is very much a Walrus. Okay, what should I have said? The one with the glasses? No, that doesn't help. 
Yeah, the one with red hair? The one with the beret would have been okay. He wears a beret. Does he wear a beret all the time, though? Yeah, I, I didn't really think I guess the other until- one... I guess the non-walrus one doesn't ever not wear, or doesn't ever wear a beret. Yeah, when so. I Google Jamie Heineman, which I've done now on my other monitor, and basically mm. I would say north of 90% of these photos, he's wearing a beret, and I didn't realize what a weird thing to do that is until just now. And you know their last names too. Well, I knew Adam Savage's last name. I didn't. I wasn't certain of Jamie's. Mythbusters super fan over here. Anyway. Oh, dude, Mythbusters is premium, premium dad TV to me. No way. No, no. Hard to disagree. Forged in Fire is... Well, Forged in Fire is, is strong. Dad That's TV. premium, premium dad content. Mythbusters is 13-year-old kid content, dude. I thought you used to love Mythbusters, dude. Well, I mean, he's he's in touch with his uh, inner child. It's, you know... I feel like you want to bring no things... I it. feel like you want to bring things back to Pete and I've derailed you. My apologies. A couple of times, but yeah. the signal keeps, you know, the, the, the signalman keeps veering me off to the left <laughs> or the right. One of my favorite things that Pete did, right? Because he had all these advice, the pieces of advice. He's like, when you realize you're lucid dreaming, right, you've got to stay really calm because the moment that you get like amped up and like, you're like, oh, I'm lucid dreaming, you'll wake yourself up. Was he trying to write, a, so really, write like really a, out. Was he trying to write an ebook or something? Like, really sounds like he's well, trying to build a guide. Is, I talked to him about it a lot because I was, I was both interested in it and also enjoyed mocking him for it. Fair enough. That makes perfect right? sense. Yeah. I would do the so same I thing. I wanted in your to position. kind of cover. I needed to study all aspects of the mystery, really, you know, that, and so it prompted a lot of conversation. But my favorite one is he used it as a justification to just nap constantly. Interesting because tech. I don't know what the I don't know what the relationship there between lucid dreaming and like short naps is. Maybe it's more likely, or maybe he just wanted a, a to get away with just being very lazy and be like, "Oh no, I'm not napping. I'm learning how to lucid dream." I do Whatever think it is was, more know. likely that, that if the, if you're in a sort of a soft sleep, like not as deep a sleep, I do think I remember hearing that. But it does sound like a justification for just being but, like a lazy dude. Is it? But hang on, when you have that deep REM sleep, that good, good deep sleep, isn't that when you have all the wild dreams? Or yeah, is that th- when you're just th- totally sonked out? Think about it though. Like I, I, I like you know that sensation you get when you're starting to fall asleep, and yeah. your normal train of thought is like it's not quite deliberate. Like you're not like mm, next time I'm gonna think about this, but you can you can draw a thread of like and then this and then this and yeah. then this and then this, and yeah. then there comes and then a all time of a sudden it's absurd and you. Well, yeah, there just comes yeah. a time where you can start to feel your hands sort of loosen on the wheel, you know. But, yes, the th- exactly. but the, but the yeah, train keeps going. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think in Hang on. that space. Sorry, is good. back it up. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick you up on that one. Your hands are loosening on the wheel. Yeah, but the train keeps going. Dennis, why does this train have a steering wheel? Do you have a fundamental mis- misconception as to how trains work? Um, right, trains have steering levers. Trains have steering wheels. Actually, my God, I just, I just googled. Trains it. have steering wheels. It does. I'm sending it to you right now. There's no way that a train has a incoming, steering wheel. Incoming image on, on Discord. I'm gonna f- I, I will be fact-checking this very, very closely. Don't you worry about that, exalted listener. Dennis is sending me something through here. Okay, it's coming up. That's okay. Well, that doesn't look... Is mm, All right. Well, it's, 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 he sent me a picture that says uh-huh. Cab View Holland on it. Yes. And it's definitely a wheel that looks to be in a train's cockpit. I'm going to send you a slew of further train steering wheels. You let me okay, know. Okay, well, that you one's definitely... I can't... That one, does, that one does just look like... That one does just look like a steer... No, that one doesn't look like a steering wheel. That The, fir- the second one does. The third one just looks like a, a looks like one of those wheels. The, the third one looks like a, something you'd find in a, su- a submarine to open a pressure door. Mm. So it looks like some trains have steering wheels and some don't. Okay. Um, I would imagine maybe it's on there just for the look of the thing to make so make it seem like the driver's doing something. You well, know what I mean? It might be when you have to switch tracks. It might just be that instead of a binary lever left and right. 
Yeah. I don't know enough about tra- driving trains. Yeah, there's good money in driving trains. I've heard that. There's especially good money in Ireland in driving trains, actually, because um, all the contracts for them are, like, really, really old, and they're, like, negotiated mm. really, really well. So you make, like, an absolute killing if you're a train driver here and just never quit. I remember talking to someone who was uh, still young enough to be very aspirational with, you know, like, oh, I want to, like, in the sort of, I want to be a fireman type thing, right? Yeah, childlike way, yeah. Uh, I want to be a train driver. It's like, oh, yeah, I like driving trains. They get paid $120,000 a year. I'm like, oh, why do you know? Like, that's a very mercurial reason to want to do something. Like, normally when kids want to be firefighters or race car drivers or whatever, it's not for the money. Yeah, no one's like, I want to be a chartered accountant. I'd like to be a, I'd like to be a divorce attorney. Yes. <laughs> but this this kid knew it, knew it all, so yeah, I don't know. I wonder if they, I wonder if I wonder if Brett ever became a train driver. We caught up about we caught up about Pete this week. Next week we'll talk about Brett the train driver. See if you find out find out what Brett does at work. I'm not sure that Pete ever really got there with his lucid dreaming. It certainly had a, a deep influence on me because it, it's something that's remained with me for well, many it years. Seems, I still remember how it seems high up on the things of, on the list of things you remember about Pete. Okay, let's let's go over some other things that I remember about Pete. He had a lip ring. Okay, um, my my, I mean, yeah. Pete's some some of Pete's choices, man. All right, keep going. He he played basketball, so I used to go and score keep for his team and with playing basketball. I Him like and basketball. And Zach and the rest. That's of them. a plus. So he played basketball. He was quite good. Uh, but he wore a shooting sleeve, which everyone would mock him for relentlessly because, you know, LeBron. Wore yeah, what is he, LeBron? Moment, my so. God. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that. Um, but he also attempted to give himself the nickname Sir Clutch. Oh, hey, this guy, this guy sucks. <laughs> no, no, he was great. He was. Re- I really liked Pete. I actually really liked him. And I, do you know what I really admired about the about him giving himself that nickname? Why? He was totally shameless about. It. He wasn't a sh- He wasn't like, oh, guys, I'd really like. It. He was just like, oh, Sir Clutch, why, baby. That's why they call. That's why mm. they call me Sir Clutch. You know, it's like no one calls you that, man. It's like no, that's what they call me. You know, maybe that's okay. I, I really appreciated his just absolute no frills, no pretense. Just nope. That's they call me Sir Clutch. Who does Pete? Who does? Who calls you Sir Clutch, Pete? Nah, that's just it's just that people do. You know, that's yeah. I don't know. It, the the things you laid out to me about Pete all depend on his moment to moment like candor and attitude, and it could go either way. Because if you're like, well, he was so shooting out. He was. <clears throat> He was always so chilled out. It, like, he was unflappable because he needed to be in a constant state of near zen-like relaxation. Half asleep, so yeah. When he, he needed to be half asleep, so he was ready to lucid dream at any time. He was, was very chilled out. Maybe he would have been okay to hang out with. you want to get him on the show? <laughs> I haven't spoken to Pete in approaching 10 years. All when right. did Inception come out? That was 2011, right? Let me check it out. Inception. I, I think it was 2010, 2010, 2011. yeah, 12 years. 2010, yeah. So that was sort of the peak of our friendship around around that sort of time. And then um, and then sort of it, it's trailed off and I haven't spoken to him for a very, very long time. But I don't think he... I don't even know if he'd remember me that well, to be honest. Uh, what's his last name? No, I, I don't know, actually. What is his last name? Because I'm, I'm not afraid to... I mean, I've talked about, you know... Gene Keo and Zach Goyen Shearer and Adrian Brodsky and all you're the not, other. You're not friends with them on Facebook. No, I mean I haven't. I don't use Facebook at all. I I, I have a Facebook account so I can use Messenger to talk to you. Like yeah. I don't really. We can, <laughs> I don't we really can, use we Facebook. We can at use all. WhatsApp instead if you want. It's fine. I think we could probably triangulate Pete, but I don't know if I want to. I don't know if that's a. You know, also, according to Facebook, a, the only place you've ever been is the Pacific Coast Highway <clears throat> with me. Uh, <laughs> if you scroll back far enough, there's a a, a, a picture of Ray Walkinshaw. Uh, magic coverage luminary tagged as me. Um, I like that. Which is very confusing because it just looks like my profile is fake. So anyway, that's the, that is the, 
that's the tale of Pete the Lucid Dreamer. Pete, best wishes to you, mate, wherever you are in the world. I hope you've lucided many a dream. And I hope you've mastered your subconscious and your unconscious. And master you're flying around domain. with the best of them in your... Master, uh, he is very much... Well, not just the master of his domain, the master of the domain of dreams as well. Dream Lord Pete. That's a better name than Dream- Sir Clutch. <laughs> Sir Clutch, you should have been Dream Lord Pete. If you if you had an indie, oh, if, if you had like a an indie alt rock band, if you were Rivers Cuomo now, you would have an album called mm. Dream Lord Pete. Dream Lord Pete, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Riley, I mm. want to talk to you about films about people. And Most films are, Dennis. Yes, but I want to talk to you specifically. So there is a term, and I don't want to give it away because i want to know how you pronounce this okay there is a term for a film that tells the story of the life of a person ah a biography yes a biographical yes. picture a biographical picture yes or, uh, biopic no no obviously it's a biopic some yes. people say biopic no they don't i did that as a joke i did that for i did that for the same reason that i say and i'm People say biopic, and this is not the topic because I saw a biopic recently. I want to talk about that. But we're not doing a biopic topic. No, we're not doing. We're not. We're not, we're not doing a biopic topic. No. Um, <laughs> no so, one says biopic. People say. People say. I, I do. I. You know what? I reckon more people have called Pete Sir Clutch than actually say <laughs> biopic. This conversation is now making me forget which one's the real one. Biopic, because it's a biographical it, biopic picture. is the real one. Yes. Yeah. So, right. I saw a biographical picture this past weekend. You're still not able to justify... You can't give me the name of a single person who calls it a biopic. I don't know. Does um, Jeff? Hey. Jeff would be the first person that I'd guess out of the people that you and I know. <laughs> That's probably the reason. How to pronounce... I mean, the fact that how to pronounce biopic include, like, autocompletes makes me feel like some people are confused about it. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't think this is a problem. Late, I don't think. I don't think people are going around mispronouncing. Biopic. The late night crew of Late Night with Seth Meyers YouTube video here debates the pronunciation of biopic. It's not. There, there are people out there. How long is that video? I bet it's ten minutes and one second. Nah, four twenty nine. But I appreciate the <laughs> the, 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 the hustle. Anyway, go on. Oh, the top. Oh, so this is a Reddit post here, right? How do you all pronounce biopic? And then yep. bi- the top comment is biopic does not and never will rhyme with myopic. Yes. So we're yeah. in agreement, broadly speaking. Anyway, um, I saw a biopic recently. Okay. And that biopic is Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. So, first of all, quick, quick soundbite review of this movie. Very, very long. Uh, it's a Baz Luhrmann movie, so it's all style, very little substance. Um, mm-hmm. It's fun. Um, it jump scared me a few times, right? And I think it would do the same to you. Okay, that's not something I expected to hear in a quick review of the film Elvis about yeah. Elvis. What? It jump scared specifically me, and I think it would jump scare specifically you as well. Oh, so this isn't a general jump scare. This no. is a Riley and Dennis jump scare? Exactly. So, Can you give me the names of some other people who might be jump scared by it so I can try to determine what it is yes. before you tell me? James Keating, I think, would be jump scared by it. Jeff would be jump scared by it. Mashi would be jump scared by it. So these are all colleagues of ours. Corbin would be jump scared by it, I think. Corbin also has done some work yeah. for Channel Fireball as well. Um, I don't know. Does he leap out at some point and go, Star City Games? Close. Star City um, Games, buy list. No? To, um, towards the end of Elvis's career, um, he was forced, kind of coerced into doing a residency at a Las Vegas hotel called The International. And The okay. International was bought, I think, in the early 2000s and renamed The Westgate Hotel. Which is okay. the hotel that we would always stay in when we went to GPs, and it's the hotel that G- the GPs are hosted in. And because it's like a very bad p- portion of Elvis's life, 
you get these yeah. swooping shots of the hotel with the Westgate looming over you, and it's like, bonk, it's the positive movie. There's no subtlety whatsoever. This, like, horrifying musical sting. And every time I just go, ah, that's because I remember being, like, stuck there waiting for my flight to leave the next day and all this stuff. And it was a, Right, it, because it, we've we've done a lot of work gigs at the Westgate. Was that the, was that the place where we hung out with Adam Savadan and he said that Jeff had a punchable face? That is correct, yes. That was in the, No, was not in the, a punchable face, sorry, a bullyable face. Yeah, that was in the pool, wasn't it? It was in the pool. Adam that's the, that's with the his pool in the yes. putting every single other bloke there to shame. Looked his, like he like was chiseled out of diamonds. Adam, Adam, Adam Savadan looks like what I would lucid dream my body looked like. Adam Savadan looks like a character who in an in a like a, a high-end RPG, right? That someone has like spent 40 hours on making the best po- He's the reverse monster factory. He is the he is someone has spent Griffin McElroy and Justin McElroy have spent 40 hours making the most perfect looking human mm-hmm. in an RPG character creator and they ended up with Adam Savadan. He's even got the cool haircut. He's even got the sick haircut. Even got the sick haircut. Yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah. that that is the Westgate. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I felt particularly jump scared by the Westgate. But one to th- think about is um, Elvis is like probably one of the most famous people of all time. It's not it's hard, hard, hard disagree. Hard disagree. This is like when in two thousand and one, um, I think the BBC released their hundred most famous Britons of all time, and number one I think was Shakespeare. Fair enough. Number two yeah. was Robbie Williams. That's loose. Certainly, it's like Henry the yeah. or something. Well, Charles Darwin, I would say as well, probably get a Elizabeth. You I know, don't think Char- uh, I don't of- know that Charles Darwin's more famous than unfortunately Robbie Williams. I think you overestimate teenagers. Okay, but not, that's not what I'm talking about, Dennis. Because in 50 years, people will still be studying Charles Darwin. They won't be listening to Angels by Robbie Williams. Well, the problem is that most people alive right now know who Robbie Williams is. I would say, especially in Europe. Um, yeah, but there's far more people now than there was even 100 years ago. But that, that's that, that'll, that'll stop Alexander that'll, the Great still has more people who have known about him over the broad. Even though there's seven billion people on the earth today, more people have heard of Alexander the Great than, well, that, than the head than start. The head start. Of. The head start helps. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. You're saying that Elvis Presley one of the most famous humans like of all time. No, I say no. In 100 years, Elvis Presley will be a footnote well, to no, musical history. Okay, of all time so far. Okay, so we're going into. Yeah, I mean, you do have a huge population explosion on your ha- on on your side of this argument. Yeah. Yes, and and okay. and, and, and I will and, accept and, it with uh, the Elvis caveat can- that in time he will be eclipsed. Yeah, I agree. I think that's probably true. But Elvis has a global permeability that someone like Robbie Williams doesn't. Like people in most, I would say almost everyone in Japan knows who Elvis is, and I don't think that's true of Robbie Williams. I'm not. I'm not putting Robbie Williams and Elvis on the Riley, same. Riley, I know you're a big the, Robbie Williams same, fan, but we need to go. <laughs> I'm not putting them in the same tier. What I'm saying is they're in the same category of person whose fame is relatively fleeting and and celebrity based. Oh yeah, right? anyone this anyone these, post, these post Caesar's. No, anyone post Atomic Era, yes, is different. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Just because of the public consciousness and uh, but, but well, television again, and radio, like it changes the game completely. The, the, and and the fact that there is a, a bigger population than ever before. So, but the, yeah, the problem is that like even Julius Caesar, like I'm sure people, vast vast swathes of people, and Julius Caesar was you know, own, broadly speaking, owner of a large portion of the world at the time, right? Mm. Um, there are people on other continents who generations and generations have lived and died, have never heard of him. Because they couldn't. There was no means. That's to. True. He wasn't, and he wasn't globally famous for a long. Yeah. All right. Um, that's. I'm taking. I'm, I, I apologize. I'm taking a very Eurocentric view of the world. I should have said someone like Kinchi Huang or something like that. Or yeah. yeah. Or like Genghis okay. Khan. 
Genghis Khan's a much better example because he's closer to global in the sense that he, you know, got across two he made it, made it major to the, continents. To the Western world as well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, okay. Maybe Elvis is up there, but I still stand by it. I don't think he's got the staying power is my point. No, I don't think he does. I don't think he does. Elvis. Anyway. No, I don't think any popular musician will, you know, like even someone as big as Elvis. I don't think, I just don't think like, unless you are a Da Vinci, right? Our century unless has to, are, our, the, 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 19, the 20th century has to have a Be- Beethoven's though, right? And it's going to be the Beatles uh, and Elvis. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I guess, I guess, yeah. If there is a contender for the Beethovens and the, and the Mozarts of the 20th century. Yeah. Like it's, 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 that's it's 25, 25 today, right? What is 1900s music? It'll be split into pre-war music, which is largely forgettable even now, like Bing Cosby and stuff. And then Cosby. Bing Cosby. I love Bing Cosby on the Cosby show. Did I mash Bill Cosby and Bing Crosby? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Bing Crosby. Um, yep. And then, and like Rat Pack and stuff, I guess. I guess even that's put mm. later. And then there'll be Middle Century, which is like Elvis and the Beatles. Mm. And then you'll get, because the level of granularity we have right now with like 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s all feel different. That's going to wash away. It has to. That's good. That washes away completely. Yeah. yeah. Like for if, uh, uh, the, good, the example I give, this, I've talked about. Mozart and stuff on my history podcast. Mozart wrote a bunch of different genres, right? Mm. He was a master of all these different genres of music. And today it's all just classical, right? Exactly. Don't, you yeah. don't have the sonata and the symphony and the concerto and the and the waltz and this and the that and all yeah. that sort of I stuff. I think it's in 500 years, music. there will be no difference for, to people between Elvis and like Led Zeppelin. A, a great point. And all the people arguing today about like grunge versus hard rock versus oh, n- heavy metal. Yeah, like, yeah. Nirvana or, and Green Day are the same band in same band. 200 years. No, like, there's no Nirvana way. Nirvana and Katy Perry are the same. Well, that's the thing I was going to say. I, don't, I, I think something like Elvis and Spice Girls might be too far apart. Just no, because no, the instrumentation is no. very different. No, I, I, dis- I disagree. I don't think so. I guess, no. but then I don't know. I'm like, oh, this Beethoven piece doesn't have any cellos in it. It's very different. I guess that's true. Like, would you be able to tell that? I don't think you'd be able to tell the difference between Vivaldi, Beethoven, and Wagner. If they weren't some of the most famous songs by any of them, no. And no, but stylistically, I, I no. But I don't think I'd, you'd be able to even position them in time. No, definitely not. These are artists Pe- that are centuries apart, and I don't think you would be able... Like, if I played you Beethoven's... Like, Beethoven's Ninth, right? Everyone uh-huh. knows that one. Yeah. Did that come before or after Wagner's Ride of the Valkyries? Before. Yes, it did. But that was a that was a coin flip. Like, I mean... It was a coin flip for you. It, um, did, it, came, up pretty, it came up pretty well for you, you know? But, like, I mean... But people nowadays study that in, in as a third level degree, and I wonder. I mean, mm. that'll have to be the case. You'll have to have classical music, and then there'll have to be a name for what is now modern music, yeah. but won't All right. be. All right, okay. You know what? You know what? Elvis. This is not what I want to talk someone. about, but I, I, we were struck no, about something quite I, interesting here. Actually, I, I will. I will concede that Elvis is one of the few musicians of the 20th century who actually may have the staying power that we're talking about here. Well, now, now I want I to will know. Concede that. What five artists do you think best encompass the 20th century? I think it's Elvis. I think it's the Beatles. I think there probably has to be someone like Louis Armstrong in there or something yeah, like that, right? Yeah. If we're gonna if we're gonna cross the bridge, or Bill, of Bill Crosby, years. you know, something like that. Bill Bill Crosby probably is up in the conversation. So I don't know if it's Sinatra or if it's well. The thing is, I worry Armstrong Sinatra or, treads too much of the same area that yes. Elvis does. Like I'm basically trying to pick someone like people that are kind of 20 years apart, right? Yeah, right. But the, so but, but, the, then, but the first forty years of the twentieth century have far less, like seminal because it's pre-public radio, really, right? 
Yeah, but then again, at that point, there were so many different types of jazz. You know, there's blues, there's swing, there's big band, there's there's right, bebop. But, but there's all these in, individual huge artists are harder to think of. I think. True. Okay. All because right. Elv- well, we've already uh, filled. So we filled two. We filled three of the slots already, right? Elvis and the Beatles both have mania with them. There is Beatlemania, and Elvis mania is as uh, I mean a major theme. Of yeah. This so that's three that's slots. That's three slots. We've got Elvis. We've got the Beatles. I'm trying to think. I don't What's know who the other two are though. Queen. Very similar to the Beatles and Elvis. Yeah. If you're oh, five hundred years in the future. Really wanna, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know. Well, we're confident on three at least. Well, the other two. I guess we'll we'll leave up to debate. Yeah, I'm just waiting for you to ask me who the third is because I've got a gag light lining on this and you're just I was not wondering, asking me. Who, who, I, was th- I thought it was the answer. Who's the third? Well, obviously it's Weezer, Dennis. <laughs> oh, Very good. Anyway, I love yeah. that it's. I, I love the idea that it's twenty. It's like twenty five sixty three or whatever. And the twentieth century can really mostly be defined by. Mm. Um, Weezer and yeah I just like the idea that you know because you play like civilization in civilization you recruit great artists who create great works which helps your culture victory right so for example you get to you get da Vinci who gives you the Mona Lisa or you get you know Michelangelo gives you David or whatever I like the idea that you can in in civilization 64 you get Rivers Cuomo who gives you Buddy Holly or you you discover like yeah you discover um the internet or whatever and the Sean at the time goes what's with these homies dissing my girl yeah (laughs) that's a little quote that comes up why do they got a front why do they got a front, Dennis? Anyway, we're back on Weezer chat, which is which is a dangerous topic for us to be on. So, what did you want to talk about with this? With what this I did biopic? want to talk about is well, there was two, two. There was one. The one thing I want to talk about, and then there's an offshoot. The one thing I want to talk about is who is someone you would love to see a biopic made about that you don't think has whose story hasn't been told. Who's a celebrity that you're like, oh god, I'd I'd love to watch a two hour fifty six minute masturbatory film about them because that's what Elvis is for Elvis fans i think yeah it is well, I, ha- I, ha- I have my answer what's your answer john daniel really i mean that's that that story's yeah. still being written he could go <laughs> anything could go off the rails right now <laughs> well i hope the most interesting parts of the story for his sake i hope the most interesting parts of the story are over for him for sure um i was thinking um because the the, uh, the instant gag for me is that you'd be like oh well, dennis probably wants to watch the hideo kojima story right of course, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. And what reminded me then is Hideo Kojima's story has had a very, very <laughs> interesting wrinkle in it in the past week. Have you heard about this? Oh, because he was accused of being the gunman in the in the Shinzo Abe shooting, right? Yes, uh, Hideo Kojima missing, uh, has been misinformed. No, he hasn't been misinformed. Yeah. Misinformation has been brought out that he was the person yeah. who assassinated the former Prime Minister of Japan. Yeah. Um, which he, you know, didn't. <laughs> it's just he because didn't do that. people posted some photos of Hideo Kojima. I think it was like some, like, it was on 4chan or whatever. And then it was on it was like a, a couple of news yeah. websites. Well, a Greek news website picked it up and it, and, and ran it from there. And yeah, with, with Productions to put out a, being what it is. Kajim Productions had to put out a statement being like misinformation is a, you know, a real um, threat to our society. And I was like, this feels like a Metal Gear Solid game promo, though. Yeah, it's like and, we, I know, we like, yeah, they put that out. It's like, yeah, we know we played Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, did Hideo Kojima assassinations of Huawei just to promote Metal Gear Solid 6? <laughs> just, just to promote the Metal Gear Solid 2 remake that's coming yeah, out? Yeah, exactly. Oh you never know, dude. Uh, I'm trying to think who would be interesting. 
because I, well, I, well, I think I think John Daniel would John Daniel would be fantastic because his story, especially in his early early years, is full of tragedy. It's a terror. Like it, it, that bloke got through so much, like um, an abusive household when he was young, um, mm-hmm. uh, drug abuse when he was older, and 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 I mean, Dance he's, music. he's been through the he's been through the ringer. So from a, a purely like you know human story learning house, and then he's gone on to become one of the most gifted artists musical artists well okay there's our, there's our fourth person so we've got elvis we've got the beatles we've got weezer and we've got the mountain goats i mean what, that's easy you, for me what would the what would the you know the movie would be called about, about john daniel i think go on i think you'd have to just call it the goat <laughs> get out of town that's awful that's great I he'd hate that great. i don't know very well but i think i think he'd hate that you don't think he wants to be called the goat? You don't think he's like you? You don't think he's got his shooting sleeve on? He's sinking three pointers. Like, oh, that's why they call me the goat. That's why they call me the goat. He puts his shooting sleeve on when he's when he's when he's you know smashing out those chords on his old court guitar. I don't think so. I think he no, plays no, more no. magic than music nowadays. That's probably yeah, yeah, exactly. So the the, the back half of the um, the back yeah. half of bi- the biopic gets a little more boring because he just he's like, oh, what's this MTG Arena? Sounds interesting. I'll give it a go. Riley Knight, you might get a cameo in the back half of that biopic. He's watching a YouTube video. Watching a stream. Oh yeah, some coverage. And it's me going. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode. This week's episode of the Arena Boys. Da da da. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Oh man, I can't. I still can't deal with the thought that John Daniels consumed any of my content ever. My That's favorite thing is, is, is forcing Riley's brain to like overcome this cognitive dissonance of clashing fifteen-year-old Riley and thirty-year-old Riley together, and it does not. You know, I just don't tweet jump. anymore. I just don't tweet anymore, Dennis. There's the risk is risk. too high. The <laughs> risk is too high. It's John Daniel interacting with it's us. Too much risk. He might say it. He might not have muted me. I, need, I haven't. You know, I haven't checked. It's 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 terrible. There's no one from history you'd want to have. Doesn't have to be a modern celebrity. Oh, okay, all right. Well, if we, we talked about up, this a little bit, we, we talked about Hamilton, I think, the, didn't we? I'm trying to think about like other really, really fascinating stories. Georg Elsa, but there is a biopic about him, and it's actually pretty well done. So um, it's called. Uh, I think in English it's called Thirteen Minutes. I think you should watch that. It's very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe one about like Mozart that wasn't terrible and mostly made up. Like, Amade- really like Amadeus's? Amadeus is just awful. Yeah, oh, it's a um, fun movie. It's not a very you know educational film. Now I'm just going through bad biopics. Now I'm just yeah. going through like ones like I want to see remade. No, okay. So uh, an entire. You know what? Actually, a biopic of Alexander the Great. There is one with Colin Farrell, right? Is there? I mean, it's, I mean, I was joking, but yes, there is. Oh, okay. I it, haven't seen it. There's a funny thing about that film where um he plays Alexander mm. the Great. And oh, Angela, okay. Angela Jolie plays his mother. Um, okay. And they were like, hey, can you do a sort of Mediterranean, Macedonian, you know, Greek accent? And he was like, no. So all the Macedonians have Irish accents in the movie. Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's just a lot. They're like, we don't know what this sounded like. Could have been this. And it's like, well, I think we have a pretty yeah. good idea of what this sounded like, but okay. Well, I mean, it's interesting because in... Assassin's Creed Odyssey, right, which is mm-hmm. set obviously um, in the period before Alexander the Great. Um, all of the actors were Greek. All the voice actors were Greek, and they had they, and they have Greek accents, and it adds a lot. Even though they're speaking English, like it adds a lot to hear them actually speak in Greek accents. Sort of throatier, chunkier speak, yeah. Um, oh, well, I mean, I'm not using those adjectives to describe. It. They're just they're just Greek. Like it, they're just it's. They just sound like Greek people. I'm fine with um, describing them that. Like, I, 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 but the people from where I come from, right? They sound like they always sound like they're sending coded messages to sleeper agents. So it's fine. I'm not gonna like people sound different. It's okay. I don't know what do English people sound like. There's a video actually. There's a YouTube video of what English sounds like. To oh, foreigners. that that it's, Italian song. 
What's that one? Oh yes, yeah, we talked about. Oh, you've told me about this years ago. Yeah, yeah. There's a song by I think it's an, I think he's an Italian artist. Um, yes, and it's it's just it's it gibberish. Like we, yeah, but it sounds like it, it. It sounds like what English sounds like to someone who doesn't. If speak you English. you know when you, you know when you like soften your eyes a little bit and sort of unfocus them. If you do that with your ears, basically the song sounds like it's just mm. a normal song playing in the background. Mm. And a lot of songs like when you don't know the words, it's gibberish anyway. It's about uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anybody who... Yeah, but you should, we should watch that Alexander movie. It's legendarily bad. I rented it from ExtraVision when I was a child and I didn't finish it because I used to love, like, you know, Greco-Roman history and myths and all that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, of course, yeah. And yeah. Alexander, Alexander the Great kind of skirts that line sometimes a little bit. <laughs> uh, no, look, I don't... I, I'm trying to think of other people that I would... Oh, oh, here we go. You want you want a good one? Ignaz Semmelweis, right? Where is here? These oh, my deep goodness. cuts, man. You know, Ignaz Semmelweis has saved... Just a, a, a colossal, an, an incalculable number number of lives. Do you know why he came up with this invention? You're never going to believe it, right? Do you know what he 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 discovered or thought of or invented the idea of doing? Washing your hands before treating sick patients as a doctor. We were talking about this the other day because we were talking about um, oh, like people, people are saying you know like you guys were saying oh we should eat you know what paleolithic man ate and you know mm-hmm. all these all this high fructose uh, corn syrup is what's killing people and stuff mm. and then i love the idea that like oh yeah 1900s medicines way better 1800s medicines way better and people are like yeah, yeah yeah i don't know what could possibly be causing all this typhoid should you wash your hands before we cut the sky open nah it's probably fine <laughs> it's probably fine <laughs> no 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 dennis no 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 no. it's not even no it's probably fine it's like no of course i didn't how dare you impugn my cleanliness how dare you yeah it implies that, that you're way, unclean suggest- right by suggesting that I need to clean my hands. Ignaz Semmelweis, there's, again, an episode on Half a Sushi. This guy, so sad. His story is so sad that the episode that I did about him is called The Tragedy of Ignaz Semmelweis, right? He died in poverty with, like, quite significant um, mental illness that had been exacerbated by a lifetime of being told how wrong he was about his germ theory of disease or what led on to become the germ theory of disease. He was the one who sort of, you know, just figured out that clean hands make for a safer patient and no one believed him and everyone hung like everyone just made he, gave made his life misery because of it that'd be a fascinating story there's also the guy um i can't remember their name now who proved that um are caused by bacterial infections which one uh i can't remember who it is um, no who proved what is caused by bacterial infections uh stomach ulcers oh okay no i don't know this story. Uh, no, and know. he proved it by just drinking a sample of like Helicobacter pylori and got a stomach ulcer and was like, see, also I need to go to the hospital now. (laughs) (laughs) Really put his life on the line there, yeah. Yeah. I think someone like that or James Lind, the guy who discovered that eating um, uh, vitamin C cures scurvy. Um, Mm -hmm. Edward Jenner, the guy who discovered vaccines. vaccines. These would all be fascinating stories. You know what's a film coming out, uh, Christopher Nolan coming out quite soon that I'm actually very excited about that is in this vein. Is it Tenant 2? No, it's Oppenheimer. Oh, okay. That would be interesting. All-star cast, played, so, by, played by Killian Murphy. Certainly his um, impact on the world, probably less positive, I would say, than Semmelweis or Jenner or Lind. But, um, well, I'm sure he also would say that. Yeah, he probably would, actually, in fairness to him. He, he, he probably would. Wow. All right. Well, I'll, 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 I'll watch out for that one because that would be very interesting. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Have a Listen to This. We do hope you've enjoyed the episode. And hey, if you haven't, doesn't matter. The, the download numbers show up all the same. So 
whatever suckers. But if you did enjoy this show, please tell your friends about it. And uh, look, tell people that aren't your friends, tell acquaintances and even your enemies, again, that downloads show up all the same. Uh, and if you want to support the show, if you really like the show this much, you can uh, support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash have a listen to this. You get access to uh, behind the scenes stuff, early early access to episodes, all sorts of things. Uh, we are definitely in this for the money, not for the love of the game or anything like that. So head over to Patreon and uh, help us get them rookie numbers up. 